from Reminder Media, this is Stay Paid, a sales and marketing podcast on a mission to help you close more deals and retain more business. Hosted by the VP of Marketing, Josh Stake, and Reminder Media's president, Luke Akery. So get ready to hear the golden nuggets that will allow you to live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you guys that you have to go check out the YouTube video of this podcast because Josh has some freaking sweet boots on that look awesome. I've probably wore the same Converse shoes on the podcast for the last it's freaking six months. It's my first pair months. of boots I've ever owned. Dude, they're, they're freaking sweet. I've never had a pair of boots. I have lots of Converse. Lots of lots of Converse. Yeah. I'm wearing this like bracelet now. Not to see everybody's like, what are we talking about here on State Paid? It's become <laughs> a style podcast, guys. That's what it's become. I'm wearing this bracelet now. I got this from a guy in my church, but supposedly these are like um, they're tiger's he- eyes. Yeah. They're like they have like a healing healing. Beads. Like I don't buy like this guy doesn't really buy into that stuff either. But um, it was pretty. great. It was great gift. Yeah. Somebody said they're cute, and I was like, well, I don't know what to take of that, but I will take it. I'll take well, before it. we Andrew, get, it's like shaking her head. Yeah, cute. Yeah. Before yeah. we get into this this week's guest, we are going to read our featured review. This came in from Pepper four oh two. I love I love the, thank you um, Pepper. I love the names more than anything. I know the names. Just reading the, the names that people put into iTunes. Pepper four oh two. Pepper four oh two says, "Wow!" Exclamation point. Five stars. I'm in the real estate industry, and this is my favorite work related podcast by far. I recommend it all the time. Thank you so much, Pepper four oh two, for doing that. She unfortunately was review one oh one, so she just uh, she missed. missed out on the hundred dollars. We did we'll give do that, it again at two hundred. We did, yeah, we did give that. We'll make it two hundred dollars for two hundred <laughs> five star reviews. No, we did give that hundred dollars to. I think it was Amy, right? Amy, was her yeah, name? Amy I got to give another shout out because I'm on the phones, and, and Andrea can attest to this because she was listening to me make phone calls yesterday, and so she's helping with some of the marketing stuff. So I was making some of the phone calls, and I called this lady who had clicked open one of our emails. It was like one of our email marketing promos we were doing. And she, it showed, you know, we can tell when someone opens an email. So I was calling her. And I start introing myself in and basically some, say something along the lines of you probably don't remember or something like that. And she immediately goes, Oh, no, I know who you are. She's like, I recognize your voice. She goes, I listen to Stay Paid every Monday. And <laughs> I was like, I started blushing. I was like, I'm literally calling a prospect. That listens to my podcast every Monday. This is amazing. But I had this sinking like feeling of nerves. It's like, Luke, if you don't close somebody (laughs) that recognizes the sound of your voice, that listens to your podcast every Monday, you can't close a door. So (laughs) Renee Burke is an incredible. She made my whole day. She's an incredible oh, we real estate. Oh, you, yeah, you jumped on. You started because <laughs> the they can whisper in and listen to my. And she my called calls. you, Josh. I don't know if you. Yeah, she I, did. Which I think she was mistaken there. That was a mistake. I she knew it was Luke the whole time. Yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking we'll to it. We'll see. Here's the thing, Renee. You have to tell us. Did you think I was Josh the whole time, or did you know I was the better looking one on the podcast <laughs> named Luke Acre? The better looking one with worse <laughs> shoes. Yeah, with worse shoes and a bracelet. Cute now. bracelet. Hey. But, Okay, I just got to shout out Renee because I, I really want to uh, give credit where credit's due. Incredible real estate agent, Arizona. If you hate the winters in the Northeast like I do and you're looking for a winter home, call Renee Burke. Dude. Look her up online, incredible real estate agent in Arizona. She was phenomenal. She made me feel like a million bucks, so I that hope, some, I hope somebody reaches out to her. That's fantastic. Thank you, Renee. Our guest today is Grant Wise. He is a serial entrepreneur and the president and co-founder of Whitley, a client generation software for real estate agents. Grant's first 
entrepreneurial step in the real estate industry started when he learned that he could run targeted Facebook ads on behalf of real estate agents and get engagement for pennies and get houses sold for dollars. So that's super exciting. We're going to get into that. A lot of social media marketing talk today. Grant, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, Grant, it's awesome to have you on, man. Really excited to kind of dive into this topic of Facebook advertising because everybody seems to be asking about it these days. Um, so I know it's something that's really on people's mind. But, you know, I want you to introduce yourself to the audience, really tell your story of how you got into marketing, how you got into helping real estate agents like you are today. So if you got, you can give people kind of the 30,000 foot view of what brought you here. Yeah, sure, man. Thanks again, guys, for having me. I, uh, I really appreciate it. I, I grew up in the real estate industry. Um, so everybody in my family was in real estate development in some capacity. I was just never interested in the transactional side of the business. I never wanted to buy and sell properties. I do have a like a deep passion for business and those different types of things. And so when I was 21, we actually started a brokerage. This was, I think, my sixth or seventh business at the time. And um, had some successes, had some massive failures. I was asked to leave the company that I started. And there's a great story to that that, you know, we could dive into a little later if you wanted to. But um, realized, you know, I was 23 years old uh, the time that I was asked to leave. I was legally bankrupt. And I had just been through some life. I learned a lot of great lessons. And, uh, you know, I had spent the better half of two years trying to teach real estate agents that were twice or even three times my age at the time, how to leverage things like social media and, and video marketing and those different types of things to grow their business. And everybody just thought I was an idiot. So it uh, never really went anywhere. And so I took some time when I was asked to leave, thought about it and made the decision to, to exit the company. And I had $25 in my pocket, launched my own Facebook ad to sell my little social media bootcamp program that I hadn't really even finished developing. And <laughs> this wonderful, wonderful woman named Tanya purchased my course. So I spent 25 bucks and Tanya gave me a thousand bucks. So my wow. cost to acquire a customer was fantastic. And I learned a lot. And what was so cool, Tanya sold 48 houses the first year we worked together. And it was just agent after agent after agent that was taking what I was teaching and implementing it was getting to about six figures in income in about eight months. Wow. And so in December of 2015, we packaged it up as uh, you know, a full-blown course and went to market. I think we went from, I went from bankrupt to six figures to $1.8 million in growth wow. to $3.6 million in growth. And we've just continued to grow and grow. Um, and, and throughout that experience have really developed a course over the last several years that's help sell billions of dollars in real estate, develop software products and, and SaaS companies that um, help agents implement a lot of what we teach and just work to innovate the agent, you know, in, in a number of different ways by helping them understand business and helping them understand how to acquire customers, how to grow their, their brand and, and, and really just what I'm passionate about, help agents create something we like to call predictable production because nobody really knows how many homes are going to sell in the next 30, 60, 90, 120 days. And they would if they understood how to build a client generation system, how to create predictability in their marketing, uh, which solves a lot of other problems that agents seem to have. So that's that's kind of the short of it. And uh, again, yeah, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. So how did you um, – you mentioned running Facebook ads kind of started up that business. Were you running Facebook ads for your real estate brokerage when you were doing that? Is that how you got started with it? or? We 
We were, yeah, um, running some ads on our own, trying to show some agents um, some things to do. Like back then, you know, five or six years ago, it was very easy. It was unbelievably simple. It was the Wild West. There were no real restrictions. And so a couple bucks would bring you a really quality lead because nobody was really doing it. And uh, we just kind of went down that that path and developed new ad campaigns and new strategies and new funnels and uh, really kind of innovated the process over the last few years as we've invested heavily in, in testing and, and working in other agents' businesses. So I got to start kind of doing it on my own a little bit and then showing somebody else how to do it and then just continue down that path uh, you know, for the last few years. Now, that's incredible. So I, I'm curious to kind of break down the fundamentals, like the basics of it. So this lady that you started with, she sold 48 homes that year. You've gone on to help tons of agents. Like if I'm an agent that wants to get started with social media marketing, and I love what you said about predictable income, because that really is, Josh and I are passionate about that, that people don't reverse engineer. Like they don't know how to set up a business that scales. Predictable and and scalable. Yeah, Yeah. that they literally just (coughs) chase the next deal and it causes so many issues, not only in their business, but in their life. So walk me through kind of like, what do you teach people from a fundamental standpoint? Like if I come in and go, hey, Grant, help me. I want to do, I want to create a predictable income. I want to do Facebook marketing. What does that look like? Yeah. You know, agents aren't taught to be business people. They're taught to be producers. They're taught to make a hundred calls a day, knock 50 doors a day. They're taught to do all these production like activities. And that doesn't make you a good business owner. It makes you a really good employee. And I think that you've got to, as an agent, sit there and understand you're being programmed to produce for somebody else, not really for yourself. And so when you understand something like that, you understand that you could probably implement some systems that make you the business owner instead of you, the employee for another business owner, because that's what you are at the end of the day. Right now, if you're just continuing to do all those production like activities. So when we teach somebody how to build a client generation system, there's three components to building a system like that. First, you've got to generate leads. So for us, we call that level one. The first thing that we want to do is target cold prospects on Facebook and generate leads, pulling those people into a CRM or some type of platform that would allow us to take those from, uh, you know, media that we rent, which is us paying Facebook to media that we own people that we can talk to every single day for free. And so step one, generate leads. Step two, we've got to be able to build a brand. We have to build a relationship. If we don't have trust, faith and loyalty in the marketplace, it will not matter how many leads we have, our conversion will suffer greatly because we don't have a connection with those people. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And so we teach a process called dynamic video remarketing. So however you get leads, whether it's Facebook or Zillow or Sync or, or Real Geeks or Boomtown, it does not matter. The moment that those leads go back to the internet, they should see your face. They should see more specifically, video content of you so they can start to build that relationship with you. That's what we call dynamic video remarketing. And in doing that, it will allow an agent to build a system that allows them to build a relationship with prospects in a very automated but personalized way. And there's a lot of psychological reasons that work so well, and I can elaborate on that in a minute. But the third component to building out a client generation system is in having a great sales process. Today, the sales process of the realtor primarily is generate a lead, call them, text them, 
no response, move on. And that's it. Mm. And it's unfortunately not what's going to get us across the finish line. Um, we've got to have a predefined series of steps that every single buyer or seller goes through a very consistent experience that allows us to convert at least three to 5% of the leads that we generate. If we want to have, you know, really great profitability from something like Facebook. And when we can do those three things, when we can generate leads, when we can build a brand and we can convert customers, that's really a, you know, a very holistic system that we can put in place that allows us to identify one key metric in our business. And it's our cost per closing. And I want to define this because there sometimes seems to be confusion. I could care less about helping somebody generate a ton of leads from Facebook because it's mm. really not that relevant. I've never seen a person cash a lead at the bank. I don't <laughs> think that it can be done. They cash <laughs> checks at the bank. That's and great. so when, when we look at our cost per closing, it's not our cost per lead, name, email, phone number. That's a lead. It's our cost per closing, cost per commission check, cost per customer, somebody that's actually paid us to do business with them. We always tell people, like, don't buy leads, buy customers. When you can start to reframe the way that you think about growing your company and focusing on those cost per closing metrics, that is the only thing that's going to give you predictability. Because if you know, for example, that every $500 you spend in Facebook ads, you sell a house, you get a $5,000 commission check. Well, you know that you get a thousand percent return on your money. Mm. And if you want to sell three homes a month, you, your marketing budget is three homes a month times your cost for closing, which is $500. That means your marketing budget's 1500 bucks. You know, without fail, every $1,500 you spend in marketing, you're going to sell three properties. That's what we are really passionate. It's what I'm really passionate about helping agents understand is how to create that level of predictability. And every agent has that same opportunity. You have to start first by generating leads. And there's some very simple ways to do that. You have to then build a relationship with those people using dynamic media remarketing. And you have to have a great sales process so that you can convert those customers. If you can do those three things, you can build a client generation system. And more importantly, you can build predictable production. Yeah, no, I love that you said that. So many um, digital agencies or digital marketers will be all about the lead and it'll be all about the cost per lead. And and uh, even we kind of, we, we use that as like a barometer here in the company in terms of cost per lead, but we're always then looking at our, our conversion percentages. So I'm curious because I know a lot of people kind of struggle, I think, with that piece of it in terms of the follow-up. Like what specifically or what, what tactically are you then doing with that follow-up process? Is it text messaging? Is it phone calls? Is it an email follow-up sequence? How are you nurturing that lead to ultimately close what you said to be about three to 5% of those turning them into a closing? Yeah, it's a great, great question. You know, and it's going to be different for everybody. Um, every part of the market really likes to communicate their own way. Somebody might like to text, somebody like, might, to call, might like to call, somebody might love email, somebody might love social, somebody might like video, somebody might like in person. It really is going to depend on um, your ideal customer. So if you know that your ideal customers are, you know, veterans that like to shoot guns and drink beer, that I don't know if they like to talk on the phone or not, or if they like to text that's, that's, or whatever. That's my but, ideal customer right there. That's my <laughs> ideal buddy. <laughs> you like what? It's more about is just understanding who your customer is. Like I know that baby boomers aren't going to sit there and text me all day long. They want to jump on the phone and have a conversation. That's just an overgeneralized sure. me throwing something out there. But 
what we like to do is we like to do all of the above. We like to have systems in place that are texting, that are emailing, that are calling, that are socially interacting with those people that are sending them uh, videos. And what what happens is the prospect will typically self-identify how they like to communicate back with you by their response. If they answer the phone and they ignore all other forms of communication, well, they probably just like talking on the phone. Or you can't call me right now and I will answer the phone and we're just going to talk. Like you have to give me a little notice. Like I like texting primarily. And so I'll interact either on text or on Facebook messenger. Right. So I think it just comes down more to understanding who your customer is. And if you're still trying to find that for yourself, if you have violated the number one rule of marketing, which is know who you're marketing to and you don't know, do a little research, you know, put campaigns out there, figure out where you're getting the most of your response. Like Tanya, for example, she figured out that if she would send a video text message within three to five minutes of getting one of the leads that she got, her response rate was through the roof. And so that's primarily what she did to follow up. And so it's just, it's really just doing that due diligence and figuring that out. So when you look at like these three areas, so what are the high level ways you see like generating leads, right? Are you running Facebook ads for agents where you will get leads for them through um, promoting like their listings, promoting branding ads to generate leads? Like how, how does a little high level on the lead generation? And then I want to walk through this idea of dynamic video retargeting. Yeah, so there are three basic consumer mindsets that a buyer or seller goes through whenever they're considering buying or selling a property. And this is really important to understand. And this is going to sound very kindergarten, but it's really crucial. The first mindset is unaware, meaning a buyer or seller is unaware of their desire or need for the real estate process. Mm. And it's kind of like if an agent goes to talks to somebody that has no interest in real estate, typically the conversation doesn't go anywhere, right? So why do we spend our time and attention marketing and advertising to those people? That's the equivalent to a billboard ad, a park bench ad, a shopping cart ad, a radio ad. You're just throwing stuff out there, hoping you're going to find a couple people that need to buy or sell a home, right? So the power of Facebook isn't in that we get to blanket market to everybody because we would just end up going broke trying to market to 2 billion people. It's in that we get to strategically target market a subset of our community that we know is interested in real estate. This is the second consumer phase of awareness, somebody that's home aware. And this is really crucial. They're home aware. They're not realtor aware. They're not loan aware. They're not insurance aware. They're home aware. <laughs> That's a great They way are to put aware it. of their desire or need for real estate, for the real estate process, buying or selling a home. This is where a company like Zillow came in and just masterfully dominated everybody. They gave the consumer what they wanted, not mm. what they needed. What they need is a loan officer or a realtor to help them. What they wanted were properties to look at. Right. And so this is where we'll start. We will start by marketing property lists, uh, listings, um, coming soon's or falling off the table with NARS new policies, but just listed, just sold, open houses. You want to use the property as your hook or the property as your bait. If you look into your market MLS right now and you do a little research and see what's the median price point of homes sold in the last 90 days, you know, let's just say it's 250, and then you put out a Facebook ad that says, hey, we put together a free report of homes priced under $250,000. Click here to down your list. 
you're going to start rolling in $1, $2, $3, $4 leads all day long. It doesn't yep. matter what market you're in because you're marketing to the highest turnover point in the market. You're marketing where all the action's taking place. And if you can do that, that introduces the consumer to their third phase of awareness, which is home plus you aware. They're now aware that you can help them from a property standpoint because you gave them a list. Once they've gone through that process, they get introduced to you, right? So you gave them the list, you gave them the hook, you gave them the lead magnet, and then you introduced them to the person that could help them. That's home plus you aware in our world. And that's where the dynamic video remarketing process really kicks in. Traditionally, it was just follow-up. We would call, text, email. We would go through that process to get to know that person, you know, maybe in an in-person meeting or something like that. And what we're saying is take that in-person meeting content and make that your video marketing and let that do your heavy lifting for you so that you're only really talking to buyers and sellers that are ready to go now. So to answer your question, I'm sorry to give you a little bit of psychology lesson there, but we've got to give the prospect what they want and stop trying to force what they need down their throats because it's never going to hook them. It doesn't matter. The whole process of buying a home or selling one for that matter has been totally flipped on its head in the last decade. So you've got to tailor your marketing and the experience that you create for those people to what your prospective buyer and seller wants. No, man, I think that's absolute gold. In fact, just so everybody listening knows, like my brother, he'll run that Facebook ad that Grant is talking about, which is get a free list of homes that are under $300,000. And yeah. he gets so many comments, so many people requesting that list. Now, you know, those aren't going to be all great, great leads, but you it's like your top of funnel. You are getting these people into your funnel to nurture them. So let's talk about like this dynamic video. So if I'm a real estate agent, what I'm wondering is, what what type of like what does the video look like? Am I on the video? What am I talking about if I'm on the video? Like how do I do that? Like can we talk a little bit about that? There are four different categories of videos that you should put out right now. So if you have a cell phone, you're a perfect candidate to put out video content. You do you need nothing more than a cell phone because you know if you want to do the branded stuff, the professionally edited stuff, that's great. It's not going to get you as much engagement as a cell phone video will today. So don't think that you need all this crazy equipment. You need to evolve into something like that. But let's say somebody becomes a lead of yours and they go back to Facebook instantly. They should see an ad of you talking about why you sell real estate. 60 seconds long, 90 seconds long, nothing crazy. Who are you? Why do you do what you do? They need to connect emotionally, relationally with you in that 60 to 90 seconds. And so that's the first category of content is about me content, the personality profile type stuff, the reality type stuff, that type of content that allows people to connect with you. The second category is educational content. You've got to become that authority figure in somebody's mind. And you can only do that if you're educating them about the process, about the market, about buying a home, about buying, a, uh, sorry, selling a home. So if you take a sheet of paper out right now and you write down the 12 steps to buy a home, the 12 steps to sell a home, boom, all of a sudden you got four months of content that you could sit there and record very easily mm. and very slowly, I might add, that helps you become that authority figure to those leads, not to the whole market because it's irrelevant for the whole market to know, uh, you know how to buy a home or how to sell a home or at least how you describe it. 
it's all being targeted to those leads that you've started to generate. So your marketing dollars are being very intentionally purposed. That's what I love about the system. Look, you're listening to this podcast, which means you know that your business needs to be on social media, but simply being on social media isn't going to get you sales. You need to be deliberate about what, when, and where you post. To learn how to get the most out of your social media campaigns, check out our ebook, The Relationship Marketer's Guide to Social Media Success. You can download it for free at ReminderMedia.com slash social success. That's ReminderMedia.com slash social success. Take action on this today. The third category is testimonials. We need somebody else to validate what you're saying about us or about yourself. So testimonials, social proof, uh, buyer videos, seller videos, people saying that what you're doing and teaching and helping them accomplish is true. And then the fourth category, which I believe is one of the most important, content around community. Real estate agents are thought to be the local community guides in every single market. And so this goes back to understanding who your customer is. If you know that your ideal customer is a veteran that drinks beer and, and, and likes to shoot guns, well, hey, guess what? You know exactly which businesses to go create content about. You know exactly what types of content to create. And That's I'm just fantastic. using them as an example. But if these people are my ideal customer, I'm going to the gun shop. I'm asking the owner to if I could highlight his business. We're going to meet at the gun range and shoot some stuff, and I'm going to create a three to five minute video about the experience. A few things happen. First, I build a deeper connection with my ideal customer because now they know that we like the same things. Right. And here's where it gets even, even more beneficial. I created a great relationship with a business vendor who sees my ideal customer weekly. <laughs> and That deserves an applause hears, right there. <laughs> if he hears of somebody thinking about buying or selling real estate, the third benefit is they're going to send me that relationship. The reason I'm giving this guy something he needs to grow his business attention. It's the same thing I need. It's the same thing you guys need. We need more attention. It's fantastic. And so radio advertisers would typically charge them money. Billboard salesmen charge them money. Phone book stuff, if that's still around. These all types of people after the small business owners money to help them get more attention for their business. When you walk in with an iPhone or at the gun range or wherever it is that you go, whether that's the dog uh, cookie shop, like it really doesn't matter. Whatever is super relevant to your customer with that cell phone, your thousand followers and the opportunity to get this person more influence, you get something called syndication. They're going to share that content with their entire following because they want to repay a favor uh, to them. So, you know, those are the four categories yeah. of content, and, and those are some of the reasons why we would do some of those types of things. And it's hopefully so, that, it, that clears up. It's so powerful. And, and the, the great thing about that is it's not just – obviously, you can use it in this dynamic video retargeting, but also now you have text message content. Now you have email content. Yeah. Now you have social, like organic social media you content. You can repurpose it. Yep. You just have so many uses out of that, and you're getting all of those additional benefits from a business standpoint. You get the syndication. You get the local business as an advocate for you that sees your ideal customer every day, and you're, you're now partnering with that business in, a, in kind of a mutually beneficial way. Now, technically – um, when they get that lead right through Facebook, so I make people understand. So you run that ad and you are giving them a list of $250,000 homes or less. 
and someone comments on that Facebook, how do I then retarget that person technically? Is it really hard on the back end to do that? Do I need to grab that person's information and upload it back to Facebook? Technically, how is that kind of going down? There's a couple of different ways. So if I were you guys, I would run a lead form advertisement with a uh, little video that just swipes through pictures of homes, like five pictures, something that's long enough, like five seconds. And while I'm not going to be able to target somebody that maybe engages on the post, if they watch at least three seconds of the little video stream that you've put out there, I can then basically cookie them for life and I can target them for the rest of the time that they're on Facebook, even if they don't give me their information. And I, I want to define this for a second. Dynamic video remarketing, some people listening to this might not understand what that is. So remarketing or retargeting is where you're cookied for taking an action on somebody's site, whether it's Facebook's, your own site, Amazon. You know this most frequently. I use Amazon as the example. If you go to Amazon to buy a product and then you decide not to buy it, that product then follows you all over the internet. You're going to see that product about 18 times. (laughs) Exactly. And so that's what we're saying is if somebody engages with you on social media in virtually any way, we want to cookie them. We want to be remarketing to those people so that now – Everywhere they go on the internet, they're building a relationship and a connection with us. That's what remarketing is. Now, we use video for a number of psychological reasons, and we can dive into those if you want. But hopefully that answers your specific question. You know, running a lead format, level one, using like a five-second video reel of, of homes in the market – and well, the, capturing the, those video views is what will allow you to retarget. To kind people. of piggyback on that, like the lead, the value of the lead form ad is Facebook's doing all the work for you. You don't have to have a landing page. Right, exactly. You don't have to have a CRM that those are being dumped into. Facebook is collecting your leads, and then you can collect those individuals from Facebook that way. You don't have to have yeah, everything necessarily you, set up on your site yet. If you have it, you can. And and what we found is the lead forms. There's just a less uh, a lower barrier to entry. And Grant, right. I'm not sure if you have the same experience with the real estate ads, but it's a lot easier because you stay on the platform. All of your information is pre-filled. You don't have to go to an external site and enter everything in. It's right there. So it's easier for the user and it's a little easier for the advertiser as well. It definitely can be for sure. I think that you got to make sure that those leads are, you've got a CRM that's directly synced up with Facebook. So those leads dump into a place where they can be followed up with. But, um, you know, it took like a year and a half. Facebook rolled out lead forms, and then there's something called user adoption that most people don't look at. They see shiny objects and they're like, "Ooh, we should go try that." And lead forms didn't actually become super relevant within Facebook in the real estate community for about a year, year and a half after they were rolled out. Hmm. Uh, so they are now probably preferred to, for generating leads over most anything else because they do keep Facebook's traffic on Facebook, which they like. And so we're seeing a lot of. Ma- uh, preferential treatment to, to, to using lead forms as opposed to sending them somewhere else. Um, but just always remember this, like even if you are sending your traffic off of Facebook, Facebook will give you what you pay them for. And the reason I say that is most people taking their prospects off of Facebook to a landing page have no idea how to optimize that landing page. They're not using pixels. They're not using conversion events. They'll run like a traffic ad or something like that. And Facebook will give you what you pay for. If you're running a traffic ad, they're going to give you traffic. traffic. Well, if your landing page <laughs> sucks, it's not, if you and you have bad traffic, it's not going to matter. If you pay them for landing page views, they're going to give you landing page views. Mm. So 
if you're sending people off of Facebook, make sure that you are getting what you're paying for, which is, you know, running a conversion type ad or something like that that's going to give you your end result. It's really yeah. important. No, it's a super great point. I actually want to get into the psychology of the video, but I want to share something with people so they know kind of where marketing is going. I was at dinner the other night with a bunch of guys and we were there with our wives and stuff and we were talking and I forget how the uh, topic of coffee came up, but we literally started talking about Folgers coffee. And I was like saying the jingle, like the best part of waking up is Folgers in your cup. The next morning on my Instagram story, I have not Googled, searched or anything for Folgers coffee. And I, there's an ad on my Instagram story for Folgers coffee. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, marketing is getting so good, they're listening to you now <laughs> through your apps. So, so we haven't even talked about voice. Maybe Dude, that'll, some, be, a, some that'll guy, be another episode that we have to do. Is, yeah, is some, voice stuff. some guy did an experiment. They, he, they basically proved it. I mean, no, no, it's no, one's, no one's admitting it. They it's can't definitely, admit they're it. definitely listening. There's no way. I didn't it's search for it. Nothing. We it. literally talked about it, and boom, it's there. And I, I think it's in, like, if you search their – I've heard that if you search their, like, terms or whatever like that, you can see that they well, say the mic's always if you on. Read, if you read if you read the terms of service in your iPhone, you you'll find yeah, that correct. You agree to allow them to do that. <laughs> exactly. So t talking about kind of targeting and and yeah. everything surrounding that, how has how has targeting for real estate agents changed uh, recently? I mean, obviously there's been some changes with with the data and what you can target on when producing real estate ads. We have trouble. We run ads to real estate agents. We're not even selling real estate or promoting real estate, and we end up getting our ads. Uh, rejected yeah. because if it touches on a certain demographic and it mentions real estate, you're gone. So how has that kind of changed and yeah. how, how have you pivoted with that? Right. So just to give everybody a little backstory, Facebook's targeting was so good, like so good. Um, HUD came in and said agents can discriminate, uh, which is unethical, by being able to target certain subsets of the market and exclude others. And this goes back to an old theory called redlining, meaning if I market to this side of the street because I don't want to do business with this side of the street, basically they were claiming that realtors were being unethical and Facebook was driving that behavior. Mm. So HUD sued Facebook. Facebook responded with, okay, we're going to take away zip codes. We're going to take away gender language, religion, we're going to take away basically anything that HUD deems as discriminatory as a targeting objective. And there are a ton, I mean, a ton of realtors that just stopped running Facebook ads because they felt like it was over, like the, the great thing was done, like it was all, and that's really not the case. Facebook came out with these policies a year and a half ago. And if this, I don't remember when you guys said this podcast was going to launch, but they were sued a long time ago and said literally nine months before the changes took place, they were doing it. And I'm not necessarily a very reactive person in some regards. And so we started testing those changes immediately. And when the changes took place, none of my clients missed the beat because we had already tested and proven different targeting objectives that would prevent them from having to worry about those things. So to answer your question, I've seen it affect some people and I've seen it really not affect others. And the main difference being the educational level on one side or the other, mm. because some of those things never even mattered to begin with. What matters is using that stat that I dropped a second ago, the median price point in the MLS, because you can still target a number of different real estate terms. 
it always goes back to that scientific portion of what I laid there, that, that median price point. Where is the action happening? And this goes to your, your ad copy, your images, those different types of things. That's marketing 101 and has been for a long, 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 long time. Facebook was more advanced from a targeting standpoint than anybody. And so if you can be somewhat generic with your targeting, but be really dialed in from an ad copy and a creative standpoint, we haven't seen diminishing results in any way. Our, our clients are still getting $1 to $5 leads. But I will tell you, if you are not marketing to these people, as soon as they become leads with good video content, you are irrelevant because one lead is opting into on average nine different platforms. Wow. And you think – most of those platforms are selling those leads to four to five other people. One lead is being shared amongst 20 to 30 real estate professionals. <laughs> and guess what? All of them are picking up the phone, calling them, texting them, not getting a response, and moving on. And so if you can instantly start showing up in somebody's feed, just adding value, just building a relationship with them, you'll stand out in a massively different way. And that's what will keep your cost per closing way down, which is what our, our, our clients are experiencing. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, that was no, phenomenal. That's and that's awesome. Like I, everybody knows that I've actually shared that with real estate agents so many times is that you have to understand when that person's coming in as a lead, they're not just coming to you. Like, and it's not that the company's lying to you. It's that they're also filling their information out on a bunch of other different sites and everybody's trying yep. to target them. So that's incredible, man. You are a freaking wealth of knowledge. Like we're going to have to have you back because it is just crazy. <laughs> I like I want to, I want to go into all the psychology and stuff, but you know, I want to ask you this question because you know, this is a passion of mine is trying to figure out you know, how do you become the best version of yourself? How do you, you know, so much of business and entrepreneurship and sales is, is mindset. And I'm curious, as you look back on your life, you know, you're obviously really successful, serial entrepreneur. What are some of the routines that you have implemented in your life that have really helped you drive success for you? Uh, first and foremost is gratitude and gratitude and prayer. So, um, you know, I found that you know, I used to not be able to get out of bed before eight and that was like even a stretch. But when I got up and I was immediately like the first thing I did was I was just grateful. Um, that really started, I started getting energized by my mornings instead of, you know, being a little more dreadful towards them. And that led to, all right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get up a little bit earlier. I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier than I did, you know, for, for like a month and just, I'm going to build that habit. And I did that all the way until now, I get up every morning at 4.30. I wake up religiously. I go to bed at 10. I wake up at 4.30 every single morning. And unless I'm traveling and my schedule is just absolutely crazy. But, you know, gratitude really started that trend. And then, you know, I started getting up earlier. I then had time to go to the gym. So I added that in. And uh, then I had my journaling time, you know, for a long period of time. And then I had added in, you know, the cold shower or whatever. You know, it's just all these little bitty things that continue to optimize my mornings. And now... I used to not have any time. I'd wake up and basically just go to work, whatever I was reacting to the day, almost instantly. And now I have about four hours, five hours to myself every morning where I get to focus on me. And that's the culmination of three years of work. That's not me just waking up one morning and I'm all of a sudden awesome at doing all those things. <laughs> I just focused on 
building one habit. And once it became a habit, I started focusing on the next one that I wanted to build. And so that's kind of what it looks like for me. But it started with gratitude and, and prayer and then and, and really just kind of evolved from there as I had more energy to do things. That's awesome. It's it's amazing because I'm on that same boat waking up. My first alarm goes off at 4.15. Now, I don't do the cold shower yet. Is that maybe. a Tim Ferriss thing, the cold shower? I don't know. Is that... He's Dude, def- I got it from uh, Brian Colhane, which is one of the co-founders at EXP Realty. Okay, okay. And he was he's a huge cold water fanatic. Um, he's He was like just hop in a cold shower it took me like a month to get the the gumption to want to jump in and do it i've it tried sucks, it I've... i don't like cold water <laughs> you and me I've both tried brother it. yeah i do yeah what is it it like it like awakens everything in your body like it's well so i always heard from it i thought i thought the idea was tim ferris in his uh, four hour body or whatever the four hour work week right well no he no, four, hour four hour body oh, right okay. so the, the idea was like if you now his was going from like warm to cold okay right and that would shock your system and it'd speed up your metabolism and basically you would burn. So that's why I thought you were maybe talking about. Yeah, I always thought it was like something with the one. blood flow or something. There's some blood flow benefits. There's a lot of uh, – there's some breathing exercises that I'd like to probably start getting into that uh, really oxygenate the brain, which that's help you wake one. up even more. But like yeah. I was traveling for – I've been out of town every single week for the last three months almost. And uh, wow. cold showers were kind of a uh, – like a, a lifesaver because I would overnight into like Miami, for example, like, okay, I'll get to the hotel – six in the morning i just got here i need to take a cold shower and just like get reset and uh that was that, it's been pretty awesome for me so i've kept it in my uh at least my weekday routine yeah it's so true though win the morning win the day um when you when you have when you're ahead of the day it's just so much better and the times you get off it's just i mean it really really messes you can with you start to you know when you're journaling, like I used to, I was talking about this last night. I posted about it. like I used to not be able to write three sentences. Now I can hardly get stuff on in under three pages. And when you sit down and you start being intentional about tracking the things that are happening in your life, and you become so self-aware of the things that work and the things that don't, uh, you really just get in tune with with so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, journaling and writing it out and just living. That stuff on paper on a daily basis allows me to prepare better for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And uh, who knows where I'll be in a year or five years or 10. But I know based on my experience right now is just being super intentional about um, setting each day up for success. And I've definitely been able to track if I get off in the mornings. I'm definitely not the same throughout the day for sure. Man, I love that. All right. My last question for you. And I love asking this question. See where people go. You know, some of them get really teary-eyed and tear up. So don't cry on this. But, you know, Grant, what would you go back and ask or give advice to and tell your younger self? You know, imagine 12-year-old, 10-year-old Grant. What what advice would you give that kid? I would go back to 20-year-old Grant. And I would um, – I'd, I'd basically, like, say, hey, dude, you know, you need to wake up. <laughs> like, I – uh Take a cold shower. I, you know, I was born – I grew up with um, – you know, I didn't have a ton. I, I slept in a garage most of my life. Sure, my brother didn't have a lot of money. And so when I turned 20 and I pocketed like multiple six figures from my, my second business, I thought that I made it. Like I thought I knew everything. I thought nobody could help me. I basically thought that I was, you know, like probably any 20, 21-year-old does that I had it all had it all figured out too. And life really shook me up and chewed me up and spit me out the other end. Mm. And I'll never forget this for the rest of my life because finally I was in a position, right, 22, 23, where I could hear it because my life was in such bad shape. 
I had gone bankrupt. I'd lost everything. And this is the dumbest thing in the world, but it was such a great lesson, such a great lesson. So I always like to tell the story. I had a, a vehicle, everything else had been repossessed. And I had this car or this truck rather, and it got repossessed in the morning. And I knew that it hadn't hit like my credit report or anything like that. So I went and bought a brand new car like two hours later, which was stupid, <laughs> but that's what I did. So <laughs> I went to the dealership, bought this car. And three months goes by. I haven't been able to make one single payment. And I call my uh, coach, who's the guy I grew up with, like a father figure to me, and said, hey, you know, I'm just in some financial difficulties. Now, he's like the hundredth person that's heard this story from me at this point. And I explained the situation. And I said, you know, could you please give me some money? I need some help. And I'll pay you back. And um, he says, yeah, I think I can help. And a few hours goes by, he calls me back, it's 9.30 at night, standing outside of a bar on the phone with him, a place I shouldn't have been. And uh, he says, I think you should let that vehicle go. And I'm like, oh, come on, man, this is the last nice thing that I have, everything else has been taken. And he said something, he said, you have so much pride in your voice. Mm. And the truth is, you don't deserve anything in life right now, other than the situation and circumstance that you're in because of the choices you've made. And Ooh. I think you should let that car go. And I swear, as I sit here today, I turned around and did a 180 from that moment and swallowed my pride and started looking at the lessons that I could learn from the last three to four years of my life and really just becoming a great student. And it's something that I've seen today, you know, people that live with massive amounts of pride. Uh, and I'm not saying don't be proud of the things that you accomplish and the work you do, but I'm, I'm about pride, like foolishness, arrogance, uh, you know, those different types of things that don't really serve you or serve anybody else. Thinking that you have it all figured out is one of the silliest things on earth that you could possibly do. And I, you know, that's just what I thought. And it, it, it showed me, um, you know, what life would really be like if I continued to go down that path. And so I would say, that has been one of the greatest turning points in my life. So if I could go back to my 19-year-old, 20-year-old self, whenever I you know, was going to be able to prevent myself from making a lot of those mistakes, that's the <laughs> advice I would give. But I had to live man. through that. So It's great awesome. Stuff, yeah. What a great story. Seriously. Great depth. Of, man, we were talking technical Facebook stuff, and then we get into life. We got some uh, real yeah. stuff there. Dude, dude. You, are, you are a wealth of knowledge, man. Thanks so much for being here, Grant. Before that. we close out, let people know how they can find you. Yeah, I want to give you guys a gift, man. I want to I want to give you guys a case study. I want to show you hey. how to build a client generation system in your business. So, Grant, if you if you go to go to www.whitley.net forward slash seventy two, I'm going to show all of your listeners how to sell a home for every seventy two dollars that they spend in marketing. And if they watch that training all the way to the end. I'm going to give them a $2,000 course that walks them through step by step and shows them how to implement it on their awesome. own so they can go, go, uh, go sell a million dollars real estate, go make 30 grand. And then, you know, let's continue to develop a relationship. But that's a gift I want to give you guys for, for listening to me ramble for the last 45 minutes. Dude, that I is appreciate fantastic. You guys. Yeah, that's freaking sweet. Whitley.net slash, is that the number seven, two, seven, two, right? Yep, number seven two. Yep. Whitley.net slash seven two. We're going to include that link in the show notes of this episode as well that you can find over at staypaidpodcast.com. I'm also going to throw this out there since Grant did it, but you can find Grant on Facebook and Instagram. He's at like Grant Wise. Like gotta so follow either, this guy. I don't know if that is that subliminal? Like are you trying to like say like subliminally, hey, like 
like Grant Wise or or are you trying to be like <laughs> no, Grant? GrantWise.com was like five grand, and so I bought like Grant Wise instead. So like, I like that's it. really where that comes from. <laughs> Practicality. <laughs> Uh, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're interested in supporting the show, there's two ways that we ask you to do that. The first one is to go over iTunes, rate us five stars. Mm. By the time this episode comes out, there's going to be like 200. Yeah, we, you might be the 200. You might be the 200. And Luke said 200 dollars, 200 bucks to spend as you wish. The, be- the second best way, no, the best way. Sorry, <laughs> that's the second best way. We're going to figure this out. The absolute best way is to tell a friend and share this on social media. Yes, spread the word. We love you for it. We if do. If you'd like to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast.remindermedia.com or you can find us on Instagram. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. Send in who you'd like to have on, who you'd like to see us have on the show. Mm. I know we've asked that before, but I want to kind of promote that a little bit more. Tell us who you want to hear on Stay Paid Podcast and we will sick the team on it and make it happen. Right, sick the team on it. You have like we eight sick. We get like eight people DMing and emailing and sending video yeah. messages <laughs> for this episode of Stay Paid. Like I'm Josh with Stike. The goons on it, and I'm Luke Acre, guys. And I'm going to give you this action. Man, there's so much good stuff. It's unbelievable. I, I think all of you guys should be doing this dynamic video ad retargeting. I think it's unbelievable, and I think he gave you an incredible action tip that will play into the ads that you can run. But even like Josh said, you can repurpose. Film a video of yourself, just that 60-second video, that 90-second video about your profile. Then film an educational video about the five steps or whatever it is that you know these people need in order to purchase a home, the content to educate them. Then go ahead and get a testimonial video filmed. So if you don't have a testimonial video filmed, get a testimonial video filmed. And then last but not least, who's your ideal client? Is it the veteran that likes to drink beer and shoot guns? Go to the gun shop. Get with that owner, shoot a video with them. That those four videos right there. If you take action on those, like this week, you have like not three oh, months of content. I mean, holy <laughs> crap! Like that's unbelievable. Like you would be able to share that across your social media. You're going to be able to share that in your email. You can text it to people. You build relationships, like Grant said, with that business owner. There's so much value there from just doing four simple things. Let alone go get Grant's course. Hook up with Grant, and he'll teach you how to use those videos you just filmed. He'll set up the Facebook ads for you. He'll help you do the retargeting for you. Remember, the difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer in every single business that I've worked in is top producers take action. So don't just listen to it. Look at the coffee mug. Take action on it. Love you guys. Thanks for listening.